It is your boy, Ethan. And I'm Patrick. And I am home. I'm sitting back in the legendary basement where it happened. This is the room that we interviewed uh, David from the Grey Havens in. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't like it when we called him Dave. No. Do you remember that? That was the worst interview we've ever done. Hey, it wasn't. It wasn't. It, it oh, wasn't his fault. It was. It was. <laughs> See, here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yeah. We need to get better at being interviewers. I. I. This is this is something that is just true. It's like because it's not when when you have a guest on your show. Mm-hmm. They're not supposed to just know what to talk about on the show. Yes, it's we're asking them about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We ask them questions. So, like, we're supposed to, like, guide them in what they say. Yeah, so but when if, they, if we try to the rails, guide them and they just stop. We did like, not try to guide him. Well, maybe. I just don't want to hurt his feelings if he's listening to our podcast. If he he's probably listening to isn't. our podcast. Goodness gracious, get over yourself. I <laughs> nobody, <laughs> nobody who's ever come on the crunch still listens. Uh, That's true. I'm thinking distinctly hey, if about that. If you've been on our podcast, all 16 of you, I, you know who you are. If you've been on the show and you still listen, text us. Except for <laughs> Father Anthony and, and um, who else listens? The Glazes listen. Father Harrison. Week. Father Harrison listens every week. Anyway. Anyway. I just, re- <laughs> I just remember being so bored during that interview and laying on the ground, not next to my microphone, just waiting for it to be okay. <laughs> I'm a bad, bad podcast co-host. I think that was I'm also just... I'm a bad just, man. I was just also having a bad day. Hey, do you want to hear some something good, though? Yes, I do. Tomorrow... Now, don't tell, don't tell anybody. Thanks. This is... <laughs> keep, this, keep this down low. I might be purchasing a vehicle. Uh, you're going to get some new wheels? You're going to get the whip? Might get, get a whip. whip. Might get new a whip. whip. This also might turn into a Luke Carey is buying a house... And tells all of catching foxes, and then the deal falls through, sort of situation. But except, except that that uh, had a much like larger impact on his life than you mm-hmm. maybe getting a car. That's true. There will be other cars. <laughs> there's not a, a lot of houses. Um, <laughs> there's only one house. There's only one house, and there's a could, thousand cars that could fit that man's emotional needs. Um, the yeah. So I'm trying to get this car. Called up the insurance people today. They're like, "Go for it." Called up the 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 dealership. I was like, hey, I saw this car on cars.com. Is it still there? My man Jeff is like, yeah, it's still there. And so I'm like, oh, boy. So I'm going to go. This is what I've learned, right? I've got to be I've got to be relaxed. I have to act uninterested. But I've also got to know what I want. You know what I mean? And I you've already go. you've already called them and asked if the car is there. Right. So they know that I'm trying to buy it. Right. They're going to take Here's my money. Do. Okay, tell Here's me. You give, me give me All your right, give Patrick's top tips for purchasing a vehicle. Purchasing a vehicle because I did do it twice in a year. Um, <laughs> you remember when you totaled your car? Yeah, that's why I had to do it twice in a year. <laughs> are you are you pre-approved? I'm not financing. You're not financing. You're I'm buying, buying with, it. I'm buying with cash. Great. Yes. Perfect. That yes. takes everything out of the equation. <laughs> All of your tips are now gone. No, that's my that was my one tip was if you're gonna oh. finance, get pre-approved. But like. Yeah. Don't finance. Um, no, that's so, why I've been saving all year so that I can just drop a couple thou, you know, if you, on, if you on this whip. Cash, if you have cash, you have the power. Because cash is if, king. Really, if it, you, I do. If you, if you like, if you walk in there and you're like, 
oh, I, um, I, I'd like to get a car, and this is my price range. They're going to push the price range up and then be like, oh, we can approve you for a credit. I was recently going to buy something of large value. Um, and that's what they kept trying to do to me. <laughs> 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 does so, anybody, uh, does anybody who knows listen to this podcast? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody, everybody. Oh, no, it's not, it's not like a secret from people. Never mind. It's fine. It sounds like a secret to me. I mean, it's a secret because I don't want to just blast it on the podcast. But like everybody Bro, who needs to know knows that it's fine. It's, it's too late, and you've already implied enough for all of our listeners to know. That you're buying a bouncy castle. Gosh, you can't just tell people that. Now people know I have a big enough yard to fit a bouncy castle. Come, come, rob this man's house. He's got a big enough yard for a bouncy castle. Oh my gosh! So my parents, for when for when we were younger, for our birthdays, they used to rent bouncy castles for us. Really? They did, and and it was so crazy because like we would have them for the weekend. And yeah. the party was only like six hours, but like the weekend was a whole weekend. And so we for like the party was over, but we saw the bouncy house. So the next day we would wake up super early, blow up the old bouncy house and mm-hmm. just, just jump on it all the time. And then of course, what would we do? It's our bouncy house, right? So I would run out, I would pull the plug and then we would run in <laughs> and then we would just let it deflate on us. I have a couple of unlisted videos on YouTube of us sitting in an uninflated bouncy castle. It's great. Really? So where was I? Why oh, did yeah. you? Okay. Sorry. I was 12. I uploaded them to YouTube, and then I unlisted them because I care about myself. Yeah, you care about privacy, which is why you put your face and blast out your innermost thoughts on a podcast every week. Shut up. Um, so. <laughs> thank, thank goodness. Thank goodness, Patrick. You you unlisted those videos or else your identity might be in danger. My identity might be in danger. Um, my reputation would be in danger because it's That's just so lame. They're just so lame. Bad reputation. Um, so there's something there's something that sales salesmen know very well. It's that if you leave and say you're gonna come back, you're not coming back. Really? But yeah, I am so, I am planning on saying that to them. Yeah, but, so if you but, say, Hey, but, I gotta go, but I'll come back and they're not gonna let you leave. I, gonna, no, Patrick, listen, I've already thought through this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your plan? Let me introduce you to my little friend. His name is the down payment. But right? You, no, okay. let me tell you this. Okay, so right the the problem is is that I don't have a car hence needing to purchase a vehicle, right? Yeah. So so I go That's in how most transactions work, but yes. yes. <laughs> so I go in, right? And I think I'll like have I'll borrow someone's car from my family and I'll go in and I'll test drive the whip that I would like to purchase, right? And then if it all works out, no sounds, no dings, no no kinks or or drinks, nothing no no anything like that. Um then I'll come back and I'll say, "Hey, I uh I want to buy this car, but I have no way to get it off the lot. So I'm going to put you a little, put you a little cash right here. Just slide across the table. Say, Hey, can you hold on to this for me? You know, just give them a little, Hey, why would you want or <laughs> would you do that? <laughs> no, sorry. That, it doesn't put the power in your hands at all. You, you misunderstand the money. You misunderstand me. I'm going to buy the car and then say, Hey, keep it for me until I can drive it away. <laughs> okay. Well, that's completely different than what I was saying. <laughs> What I was saying was, if you say, like, that sounds like a good idea, I'm going to shop around and come back and see. Yeah. No, I'm not. That's what I did. And then, like, you're not going to do that? No, not at all. Why not? I'm going to finance. Sorry. Okay. So, other negotiation. 
Yeah, give me your other negotiation tactics. Other negotiation. There's an Art of Manliness podcast on negotiation. I listened really? to it the other day. Yeah, one of the one of the things was uh, don't be afraid of the word no. In fact, push someone to the word no so yeah. that you, you can let them feel powerful. Um, another one was uh, – I forget all of them. Just go listen to the Art of Manliness podcast on negotiation I think- before you go. Here's the thing, right? Is that the the price that the 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 dealership has online is is a little bit higher than that Kelly Blue Book, that KBB. So yeah, so go in there with that information. Tell them this is what I'm going to pay you. I have it in cash right now, and they'll probably go for it. Mm-hmm. That's how you. That's how you get some. That's how you make deals, boys. That's how you make deals. It cash in hand means you have all the power. So I'm. I could care less. I could walk in. I could walk out. Have a car, and I have a car. I don't. Don't matter to me. I'll walk home. I got legs. <laughs> I'm coming. I'm I'm coming for you, Jeff. Yeah, when I when I was I was at one I was at one establishment that sold the thing I was looking for, and I said, "Here's my here's my price range," because they oh. were they were they were they were pushing stuff. They were pushing stuff that was well above my price range. Yeah, and I was like, I I checked some of it out, and I was like, "Okay, this is cool," but this is my price range. And after I said that, they stopped. Like they stopped. One of the ladies just stopped helping me altogether. Really? She was like, this is a bust. Yeah. That's so funny. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm out. And so I went to another place and they were like, oh yeah, they were up, they were upcharging you way too much. Like they were giving you misinformation. Like here's the correct stuff. So I, I went to, I went to a place in like in Steubenville as opposed mm-hmm. to a place in fancy schmancy Pennsylvania. Yeah. And they were much nicer because they were like, they live in Steubenville just like I do. They're like down to earth people. They're just working. They're just working a job. You know, they, they don't care about taking my money, you know, so you should have gone to Okay, way to just say what the thing was. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they sell other things there. Oh man, <laughs> sorry. You can bleep that out if you want. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just gonna go do more work to bleep things out. I'm so mad. <laughs> Sometimes I forget that this is for other people and it's not just us. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. So, uh, Patrick, what you, what you got for us today? You uh, you seem oh no, <laughs> <laughs> you seemed really keen on this whole uh, podcast rebrand. Hey, I was thinking about changing our logo. Yeah, to what? <laughs> can you <laughs> a three dimensional bowl? <laughs> can you send me the the vectors? Yeah, I can. Okay, that'd be great because then that means I can actually like work on something in Illustrator or Photoshop or whatever and have something we, good. We can, we've been using Photoshop, but here's the thing. We should be using Illustrator for a logo because you can, you, can, you can manipulate um, time. illustrated images much better. Yeah, you can manipulate time. It's, the, like, it's like being freaking Doctor Strange up in here. The, this, the, uh, the, <laughs> the Adobe Creative Suite is really like having the Infinity Stones on your computer. It's you exactly can, what it is, honestly. You can do anything. If you know that that's actually what uh, Adobe, the Adobe Creative Suite played a really big role in Endgame. Really? Not editing it. No. Inspiring it. it on Avid, but what? In- inspiring it. Inspiring. Yeah, it was an inspiration. Um, okay, so we're doing this podcast. So the, re- the rebrand. <laughs> so we're doing the rebrand, right? Very exciting. Um, Patrick wanted to talk about evangelization today, but I tell him, no, we have to distance ourselves from our old selves, which means we can't talk about the Lord anymore. So- <laughs> We we were talking we were talking to someone on Patreon, one of our patrons. Shout out our patron. What was her name? It was it started with a K. I think it's, it, no, it's Ewa. Ewa, like okay. E W A. I don't know how to say that. Ewa. Yeah. Ewa. Sh- shout out, shout out, Ewa. I, th- I feel like that, that's what it is. Um, so we were talking to her about about it, and she was like, "Yeah, I stopped listening in January," which is like total loyalty. Like she still kept be- patreoning 
even after she stopped listening, because she was like, it was a lot about evangelization, which makes sense because I was going into my job. You were doing full-time mission work for the whole semester. So we were both thinking about it a lot, talking about it a lot. Um, and I think that I think that this whole rebrand thing, that what we, what we in order to clarify some stuff, it's really just a way of us organizing our topics so oh, that yeah. when we think of something, we can say, all right, cool, that's a good idea. But we already talked about something in that category last week. Let's move it to a couple of weeks from now so we can more organize our topics. Um, but in order to kind of like balance out the uh, – the, the, the bat catalog, we're going to talk about um, stuff in the same category, I think. That's what we're going to say, right? Yeah. That's what we're yeah. saying? No. No? Uh, no, I don't know. Stop contradicting me on the podcast. You kind this of lost. A, this is a yes and podcast. You lost me a little bit. Um, I did. This is not an improv podcast. Well, I mean, it kind of is. But yes, the, we, should do, we should do an improv podcast. <laughs> we, should like call a, it, we should call it The Crunch and... The Crunch and... <laughs> Uh, no, so I don't, I think, yes, it, it is a, a way to, to, to manage our content, but also, um, we, I hopped on the call with you today and said, Hey, did you think about at all our content this week? And you said, no, I said, no. So, yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> so I can ask are. you the same question. Did you think about our content at all this week? Uh, yeah. In the last 34 minutes. Hey, that's exactly the same amount of time since you asked me that question. That's true. Yep. So look at us, both of us right. in the same, but, in the same spot. No. Okay. But I do actually have some stuff that we could talk about. Perfect. Is, Coming in clutch good. as always. Right. It's if where would this podcast be, um, if not for your editing skills and my ability to BS? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can take that out. You bleep that out for me. Thanks. Um, it stands for the, banana smoothie. It does. The so the other day. So I'm home. Right. Love yeah, being home. home. Uh, get to interact with with my family, spend time with my dad, my mom, my brother. My other brother's not home yet, but because he's still at school. But it's good to get the fan back together. First night I'm home, right? My dad is like sitting on the couch. He looks like he's been hit by a bus. And I'm like, Dad, what's what's going on? He's like, I had to do this leadership training today. It came out of nowhere. I just got hit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Dad, you drive to work. Um, he's like, I had to do this leadership training today. And the stuff that he was telling me just made me think – a lot about like the state of secular leadership. And I wanted to hear your take on it because I know that you've read Stephen Covey books and I know that you've read Patrick Lencioni and I know that you've read, um, who's the guy that did, um, Dale Carnegie. I have not read Dale Carnegie. I, but that's how to win friends and influence people. Yeah. And I have not read Patrick Lencioni, but I heard him give a talk about a book that he wrote. So I, I, yeah. So you've read these guys and, (laughs) you're just a natural leader i just have assumed uh thank you (laughs) so my dad was telling me about how like him and a bunch of other like 30 and 40 year old people my dad's 52 he was the oldest dude there which is hilarious to me but um because he was the old man and he was very grumpy about because he had real work to do you know and they made him go to this training and he was just there and like man this is a waste of time you know this is classic my dad I would be doing the same thing if I was in his position, but they made him like go out into a field and like do the thing where they all held hands and like the hula hoop went around and they had to not connect hands, <laughs> you know, and like they had to untie this knot on a rope without like letting go of it, you know. All this... now I've met I've met Mr. Stevie, yeah, and he is. <laughs> I'm trying to picture him doing the hula hoop team building exercise thing, and I am just like, poor poor guy. He does mm-hmm. not. He's just he doesn't deserve it. He doesn't deserve it. He's a he's a he good honest so man. He does for his family, 
And so that's one that's really funny. And two, like the the fact that my dad kind of got roped into this because of whatever reason. Um, and because it's like it's seen as something of enough value to take an employee of the company like away from important work is like kind of disconcerting, you know, not that this happens, you know, everywhere and not that, but I also think that it does. Oh, it absolutely happens everywhere. Yeah. And so it's, it, it, I think to me, it begs the question of like, what, what are these secular businesses believing to be true about leadership? And what do we actually know to be about, to be true about leadership? Um, And why is there such this like disconnect between what, like higher management seems to think. And like, this is true. Even when I was at K state, I took leadership studies for a semester. Same kind of stuff. Didn't help me be a leader at all. You know, it was more of a like inclusion studies of how to include people and make people feel welcome. Not that that's bad again, but it's not leadership because leadership almost by definition is not inclusion. Um, so I, I did, um, so I don't know. I want you. I, I'm interested to see what I think about this. So, so during my during my four years at Franciscan, yeah, where I went to college. Okay, I <laughs> I was part of the Center for Leadership. Oh, look at I okay. Sorry, I, I didn't know I was this, in right? the in the presence of of of, yeah. of royalty. <laughs> so so step up. Okay, uh, step up to the streets. Um, so <laughs> step I up, step up three. Chris Brown is in jail. <laughs> is was was Chris Brown in Step Up? I I are you, I feel like you're gonna Google it though, but I don't know. <laughs> so I was I was part of Center for Leadership, which is a co curricular course, which means it pulls people from all of the different majors. Um, and uh, it's one semester a year. You have like an extra class you go to, so it's like an hour every week where you where you sit down and you talk about a book that you're reading. He was in so Stomp the Yard. Like, Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I figured you were Googling it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it was, uh, we like read a book and we talk about it. And it was, um, it was nice because there was a scholarship available. And it, it was, it was a great way to like network. And we, we went to a bunch of different seminars and like stuff. We went to Washington, D.C. My, my sophomore year and we met <laughs> Cardinal World. That, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so so that 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 happened. It was fun, um, and my th- the impression that I got not of the the program was awesome. I yeah. gotta I gotta be honest. Yeah, you got a lot but of good experiences out of it. The way the my first impression with Stephen Covey was very much like, uh, mm-mm, mm-mm, nope, nope, no, 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 no. And here's why: it was because my inclination. I knew that my inclination is to be very. Um, white knuckled. I'm gonna do this if I just like think the right way and like discipline myself. Then I'm going to be successful because I did it, and that's something that God was trying to work out of my heart a lot. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, it felt like these leadership books were kind of taking me the other direction, where it was like, "Hey, here's all this self improvement." And so, the Center for Leadership was something that really made me like kind of battle with the middle ground. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, it was something that I was like, I was like, okay, cool. I can focus on, um, I can focus on my relationship, on relying on God while also focusing on personal discipline, because uh, those two things seemed antithetical to me. But I, I've slowly come to learn how 
they um, how they mesh. And here's where this comes in with leadership is because most leadership books and leadership seminars are how you can become a more disciplined person and and strategically plan your way to success. That's how most leadership books are written for churches, for I read a lot. I read a lot of. I didn't. I don't read a lot, but I read Purpose Driven Youth Ministry and Purpose Driven Church, which is essentially leadership books for Christian organizations, for Christian churches. Yeah. And it's very much that way. It's like if you if you organize and think, but it always it all starts out with like the first thing you got to do is make sure you're praying. But then it doesn't. It doesn't really go into that. I don't think it has to. That's Rick Warren, isn't it? Yeah, it's Rick Warren, and then the other one is Doug Fields. He wrote gotcha. the youth ministry one. Gotcha. Yeah, so it starts with like you make sure you're praying, and then the rest of it is just kind of like leadership, a, a bunch of like secular leadership stuff. Yes, yeah, yeah, and like mm. there, there's a bunch of leadership in, in Christian organizations, and I and um, have you, have, I don't know if you listened to the Andy Stanley podcast. No, no, I okay. avoid Andy Stanley. Oh, okay, not on Andy purpose. Stanley. Just it's a <laughs> it's the same way that I avoid Will Smith. I just don't run across him. And <laughs> Andy Sorry. Stanley has a, has a leadership podcast and it's actually not, it's not a Christian podcast because he doesn't actually mention, he doesn't go out of his way to mention that he's a pastor. He just says in our organization, we do this. And like when we work on our organization, he just says organization, he doesn't say church. Mm. Um, and I, you can, you can kind of automatically notice that, which for him, it's weird. Like listening yeah. to him say that is weird. Yeah. I understand what he's trying to do, but it's weird. Because it's like it's like he's trying to he's trying to separate leadership from Christianity, but not to be malicious, to be like more uh, broad fictitious strokes. For no, malicious. not fictitious. <laughs> he's trying to he's trying to reach a, a wider audience. So he's trying to reach like a fortune, an atheist Fortune five hundred company guy who yeah. wants to learn about leadership from a guy who runs a huge multi multi state organization. Sure, that makes sense. But to take to take Jesus out of it. And be like, okay, we can focus on that later, but right now let's see what we can do. Yeah. It just always struck me as weird, and I, I try to find the middle ground. I really do. I Well, I think, yes, and I don't think you're wrong, but I think my question is more, and like I'm trying to figure out of like, let's say you work for a business, like an engineering firm or a bank or a, you know, uh, any Fortune 500 company, any any as an accountant or anything, right? doesn't matter. And you can't necessarily like just default to, oh, guys, like the solution to our problem here in this work meeting is to all act more like Jesus, which is true in every situation. But but, like you can't necessarily bring that up. And so I was just thinking for like guys like my dad who are subjected to this kind of leadership sort of faux thing. It's like trying to instill this – fake sense of virtue into people of like, yeah, if you do this and if you talk in this way and you lead in this way, and if you work together in this way, then like you will be a good leader and you can make more money and inspire people, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't know if that's true or if it's, I mean, it might be true in one sense, but I don't know if it's good. So it's, yeah, like we, like you and I should definitely straddle the worlds as best we can and try to bring Christ into everything that we do. But that's because we work ministry jobs and we can. And so the the question is for yeah. for other people who maybe aren't like us, who don't have jobs like us or positions like us, where does the where do where do they where do we find the line to like reject this this leadership stuff and where what like where do we 
I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I'm trying to figure out because I, I know that it's not all good. And I, and I'm I just going to say it. Leadership stuff seems culty. It just seems yeah, culty. Yeah, it just yeah. gets, it just gave me that vibe for a while. And it just, I just, I'm afraid of it because I, some, one of my friends pointed out that, um, this, this vegan guy was posting on, on Facebook. He's like, I don't have a problem with being vegan, like whatever. But he, he kind of posted about like, like being vegan is about accepting other people's life choices what? and not pushing your, your choices on other people. And like being like, and I'm, I'm like, I'm like, okay, that's not what being vegan is about. All right. Being vegan is actually not a moral structure. It's just yeah. a diet. And so like in, in, in order to, in order to, um, fill this hole that we have in our hearts for religion, mm. which has been there since the beginning. I mean, this is why paganism exists yeah. or existed. It's because we had this desire. We knew there was some kind of spiritual meaning in the world. We wanted to figure out where it was. And so we turned to the physical. This is kind of just this is kind of just paganism, but it's like but it, it, the problem is is it's not it's not paganism proper. It's just it's just it's just the pagan philosophers who mm-hmm. weren't bad because they were philosophers. They were bad because they were pagan, and they weren't necessarily anyway. So it's like <laughs> because because I, you can you can learn a lot about virtue by reading Aristotle. Yeah, you can. Yes, but it's missing something. Yes, right. Um, now, now Aristotle would say that you, so like, for instance, why, why on earth should I be virtuous? Aristotle says, because the gods want you to be cool. Then Christianity says, well, it's actually because there's an objective moral reality. Cool. And then now it's, why should I be virtuous in my leadership? Well, your company is going to be successful and it's going to make you more money. It's going to do better. Yeah. And it's like, oh, oh no. Oh no. That's really bad. We've strayed so far from even paganism that's just straight up well i mean it's still paganism at least in another it's still form. paganism but at least there was like some kind of idea of a higher power yeah and it wasn't like of, it wasn't like mm-hmm. yeah of not of, of something outside of myself something outside of the th- something that i can control trying to in a way like aristotle's method is like wanting to do something for somebody else like he wants to be good for the gods you know misplaced as it is and so even but then you look at today right and the paganism of today is yeah there might be this this faux altruistic mindset of if i'm if i'm better and i have better leadership then the company does better but if the company does better that just means you make more money and so it's not like it on the first look yeah you're like oh yeah i'm really sacrificing for the company like i want to do the best for the company but everybody knows that if the company does well then you do better so yeah. it's it's not it's not the same. And I think that's and it's, that's messed up. And it's crazy because like work the meaning of the word work has changed over time. Work yeah. used to be something intimately like very personal to you. Yeah. Cuz I mean if you're farming your work is your body. Oh yeah. Right like Well the hey best, my be- my work is still my body, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but like if you if you're if you're uh if you're scrawny and you can't like do as okay. much work okay cool 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 just for instance not saying anybody it's, in this room slash podcast okay all right awesome <laughs> feeling good feeling good feeling great feeling great actually no gbh like if we both tried farming you would probably do a better job than i would <laughs> thank <laughs> you like and why is that patrick 
It's because I have no stamina, and you run, and you can pay for cars with cash. Well, I'm still paying mine off. Anyway. I, um, I was we, No, sorry, sir. That is wrong. We were looking for It's because I'm from Kansas. Thank you. That is, <laughs> that is the correct Because answer. I grew up in the wheat fields. The breadbasket of America. <laughs> my first, my first rattler was just a was just a stock of corn. It was, it was not anything. It was not a plastic made of plastic. The only thing I've ever owned has been made of either wheat or corn. <laughs> anyway. All of my clothing items are made of wheat. Um, there, you could say that I have a lot of crop tops. Oh my gosh, that was so funny. <laughs> hey, thank you for listening to this episode of the Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Thank you. Thank you. That was so good. Okay. Um, but yeah, so, but like now work is not tied to you, really. It's not like tied to like something physical. It's tied to, it's kind of, it's something abstract. The work that you do is abstract. Yeah. If someone asks me like, well, what did you do today? Like I wouldn't actually really be able to give them a physical product. Yeah. I could maybe email them some things that I wrote, but like if, if I, if I send you, so for instance, what I did at work today was I planned out the year. I planned out like our, our, our youth nights for the entire year. Right. So like a lot of thought went into it. A lot of like planning, like, what holidays are coming up? What do I want to teach the students? What do they need to learn, right? All that stuff was stuff that went into it, right? The catechism, all these, thing, all these things. Oh. You can't, I know, right? I broke it out. You can't actually see me doing all of those things if I just email you the one-page document that came out of that. If, if I showed you that and you're like, that's what you did all day, you're fired, right? Like, if that, that's what you, that's what you, it took you eight hours to do that. It's like, well, no, it didn't. I had, I had lunch break and all that stuff, but... um. But like back back in back in uh, with physical labor, right? Which I, th- I think is a more human thing than than thought. Um, with physical labor, you can actually see tangibly, tangibly. Here's what I did. And so, in when we talk about work nowadays, when we talk about when we when books are written about how to do work better, it's not work proper because work proper is sanctifying. Yeah. But leader, like leadership, and 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 um, I guess it's like efficiency. It's actually not work; it's just efficiency. It's, it's this weird. It's I don't know what it's because it's I don't know. Have you? Sorry, finish your thought, and then I'll go into mine. Because I I just I just don't think it's work proper in the same mm-hmm. way that like, um, that that Christ means it when he says like, "Put my yoke upon you," right? Because yeah. we're, we're supposed yeah. to do work as lay people in the world. And so because we're in the world now, that includes being more of like a knowledge worker and like doing knowledgey things and more abstract thought as our work. But but it just it's the stuff like the stuff like efficiencies, like it's like work better. That doesn't actually like grow you in virtue. It's just trying to like find ways to be more effective. That's literally the word that's used. Highly effective people. Mm-hmm. It's it's not really like it's not really someone that's it's. It's it's appealing to a culture that wants to be effective, not a culture that wants to be virtuous. That's 
that's crazy that you mentioned that because there's the when I went to the uh, maybe I talked about this last week I don't remember, but at Tulsa's graduation they had a the CEO of Quick Trip come in and he was talking about some some things and um his his main points were all about being productive like in being a productive member of society because you had this degree and now you can go and you can produce. And he just kept hitting that over and over and over again. And me and I was like sitting with my teammates and I was like, we kept looking at each other like, this is damaging. Like this is not a good thing to be telling a bunch of young impressionable 21 and 22 year olds. Not that they're listening, but the, the, (laughs) the idea, the fact that like that's coming from the top of a, of a big company is, is very telling. And it's like, if unless you are unless you do this this do this production, then your degree, like all of the knowledge and all of the abstract work that you might have done or can do, is is useless. It's pointless. And unless you can you can show something to me that then I can use and then reward you for it, then you are useless and our relationship is worthless. And it's just mm. it's just so insidious, you know. And it's I think of um, another guy. You ever listen to like Gary Vaynerchuk? No. He's this uh, entrepreneur guru. He started a a wine review company on YouTube, sold it for millions of dollars or something like that, and now is um, a, he goes around the country and he does speaking and entrepreneurship talks, and he's an angel investor for companies and all sorts of things. Um, and his whole thing that he always goes back to is like you have to put in the work and he says work like it's like how we say jesus you know what i mean like work is the answer to all of his problems like if i get up earlier if i organize my schedule better if i have more energy if i eat right if i'm if i'm healthy then then that means i can work harder which means i will be better and like my life will be different because it's all about what i can control and i just i don't I think there's so many young people and old people who are just buying into that message, right? That everybody's feeding yeah. from, from like your, your corny leadership training at your job all the way up to like this multimillionaire, like who's making a podcast every day that you're listening to as you drive to work, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it gets stuck in your brain of, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. I got to do that. And then what suffers is, is everything else in your life that's not work. And it's just, it's, it's terrifying. I'm just scared of where, of where we're going, you know, because this is the culture now is it's a work culture. I'm really, I'm really distrustful of people who make money off of telling people how to make money. Yeah. I just think, I just think that's kind of silly. It's because like, well, you can do it. I did it. And I'm like, yeah, well, I, li- I can't do what you <laughs> did, obviously. Right. Like I, there, there are like, there are YouTube channels that are like, we got famous on YouTube and now we like do free. Now we can like make all these videos whenever we want. Like we just travel the world and make videos. We can show you how to do it. And I'm like, well, the reason why you're making so much money off of YouTube is because you're making these stupid uh, classes that people pay for because they want to be famous on YouTube or like, or even, or even to the extent of like Dave Ramsey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just got I just got a text. Okay. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> even, even to the extent of, of like Dave Ramsey, it's like, yeah, his his advice is really good, but I always take it with a grain of salt because he's like, you can be successful like me. And I don't really think that's his whole message, but it's yeah. like He really does want to help people, I think. He does really want to help people. And he he doesn't he doesn't say like you're gonna you're gonna be worth like ten million dollars and have your own broadcasting company. He doesn't say that. Which is more more like like YouTube people like like Jake Paul and these guys who yeah. make their own classes. They, they, that is what they're they're lying to people and telling them that they're gonna be as successful as them. Um 
But I, I, I'm just always distrustful of people who talk about their success on a stage and then tell you how to be successful. It's because, well, actually, mm-hmm. along the way, you became a speaker, which arguably helped is, your success. Is so, a, like, yeah, is a job, you know, yeah. that like makes people look back at you with a different lens, you know. Exactly. Um, yeah. I I was at a museum today for for reasons unknown, and the the museum was it's like it was a it was a steamboat that had been preserved in the Missouri River. And they they had all of like the artifacts that they got out of the the boat. It was actually really cool. It's like from the 1800s, um, and they had a video of like the family that dug it up. And this guy, like the lead guy on the project, um, was talking about you know the American dream is still. They dug it up in like the 80s. The American dream is still alive. You know, um, <laughs> if, as long as you as long as you persevere and you and you work hard, you know you can go out and you can do something like this. You can find the next treasure. You can. Uh, you know, do these things. And like, it's, it cuts to like a scene of them excavating the steamboat and there's three cranes and diesel generators and water pumps and a whole crew of people. And it's like, Oh yeah, I can do this if I have lots and lots of money to afford to, 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 to dig <laughs> to a one, all these people, a 100 man. foot hole to dig up this boat, you know, like, yeah, the American dream is alive. Sure. Um, but to who, you know, and, it's it's it, this weird. I think it's an American I, idea. The I American dream lasts as long as there are steamboats in the Missouri River. Then <laughs> they're all gone, and we all have to to go home. <laughs> we gotta pack but, up and go to China. But I think the this mindset that's all surrounded by work and and it's it's all distinctly American. I don't think we get this in other countries. And if we do, it's because they're being influenced by American culture. Yeah, it's it's distinctly Western. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's maybe a better way of saying it. But it's um, yeah, yeah. It's all about my my independence and what I can do. And as long as I have this freedom to do this thing, then that means it's good. And that means that other people have also this freedom to do this thing. And there's no acknowledgement at all of luck, chance, um, timing. Like because the, the reason that this is this is what really gets my goat right is the reason that these people all got famous is or or got super successful regardless of who it is if it's dave ramsey gary vaynerchuk the dude that dug up a steamboat it's because they got there first you know like they were the first ones to do that thing and then they capitalized off of it so don't go around telling me that you oh you too can do this like no you were in the right place at the right time the market was ready and you went in and you probably weren't anticipating getting as successful as you did. Almost nobody has that kind of forethought, um, except maybe maybe Casey Neistat had some forethought when he started his daily vlog and got super, super big. And that's the only one that I can think of, you know, but for out of like these recent examples. But like even him, you know, lucky he didn't he didn't know that YouTube was going to get as big as it did and that his his vlog would take off the way that it did. Yeah, like it's it's. And so this this idea of oh you can have it too is it's disregarding the realities of this world which are luck and time and I think and that's I think that's frustrating to me. It's a big there's a big problem right it's like it's like um, first of all saying that uh, I'm only successful if I do if I do literally better than everybody else yeah at the thing that I specifically want to do. Mm-hmm. And then it's also a problem thinking that success is purely material, right? Like you don't want to say like, well, just be content with your boring desk job. Yeah. Because if no, you're you not don't. happy with something, if you're not happy with something, like you got to move. You have, you have agency. To something else out there soon. is some amount of that. Yeah. Yeah. But you also want to make sure it's like, well, 
don't don't just say like, well, I can't I can't be content with my life unless I'm like doing all of these things. I, yeah. I have to I have to follow my passion. Mm, right. You yeah. Hear that which a lot. we talked it's like about. My, yeah. my passion. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about it last week. And it's and passion is not necessarily what's going to make you money. Um, I I mean I don't I don't I don't really I don't really know I haven't I haven't it's, I haven't worked for a very long time so I haven't become mm-hmm. jaded yet. But who knows what's going to happen? Well, no, it's it's not even it's yeah it's your passion, but it's also I want other people to see that I'm following my passion. And there's this need for affirmation affirmation wrapped up in all of this of like we have a. We have a generation of people who don't know what it means to be fulfilled, a generation of people who don't have anybody telling them that they're good and that they don't need to be improved. And we don't have anybody telling people like, hey, um, you know, there are actually things that you can do to make you happier. Here's what they are. And like actually yeah. showing them what they are is, is virtue. You know, it's like growing in um, good habits. And instead we just have this mm-hmm. constant barrage of, negative influences, you know, bad advice, bad podcasts, bad Netflix shows, um, all convincing people of like, yeah, I really can't be happy and I really can't receive affirmation. Um, and there's really no point in me trying to grow in virtue. So why the hell should I even try? And then, and then all of that wraps itself up into, and say, I see, Oh, look at this guy. He, he made this much money and look at him now. Maybe I could go for that. And like, and they leave all this other stuff behind and they just start chasing that pipe dream. And then they don't understand why they are less happy and uh, more frustrated than they were before, <laughs> you know? And it's it's just sad. And I want I don't know how to like speak to that because I don't think those people listen to this podcast. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so yeah, I I don't know. I mean I don't I don't want to go all like this generation. I but, but I kinda I, do. I kinda do because I, I was I I forget whose kid it was. But was I was my, I was, was hanging out kid. with this parent, and she was t- it was your kid, yeah. And she was showing me this video of her daughter who was like holding up the camera to her face, it's like, "Hey guys, welcome to my channel." And I was oh. like, "Wow, whoa, oh no, that's crazy." I've never seen a three year old say that before. But also, it's like, okay, so for two two factors. One, I want to write it off because it's kind of it's it's cute, whatever. Like she's just being influenced by YouTubers. But also, holy crap, she's being influenced by by YouTubers. YouTubers. Who are notoriously some of the most irresponsible people. Not the ones that we know, of course. Shout out. But, like, that, like I mean, you know, you know how many... I mean, Jake Paul was on Disney Channel. You know who his audience is? It's kids. AskJeeves.com. Help. <laughs> PewDiePie is raising my child. <laughs> Let's see if I get any replies. Um... But yeah, and like, and kids' content on YouTube is not curated. I'm sorry, I've been watching a lot of YouTube recently, and I've kind of come back being like, guys, have you seen what's going on over there? Because it's kind of terrifying. I don't like this anymore. Yeah. Uh, at least on Twitter, you don't have too many like five year olds on the social network going yeah. like, yeah. yeah. Um, luckily. But um, anyway, I think I think back to our original point about leadership stuff and leadership events. I just want to have a, I have a quick question: How on earth? does the hula hoop thing help someone become a better leader <laughs> it's all about working together man this i actually i think you've uncovered another point i think there's this other thing it's like if we another distinctly american thing if we all just work together you know it's the new yorkers band together during a crisis cliche like if we all just band together then like we can do it you know yeah 
And if we're all just if we're all just standing, this is I mean, uh, in maybe a recent movie, there might be a scene where a bunch of people get together to fight other people. And that's that's <laughs> the whole idea of like, you know, saying Avengers assemble is like if we just have all these people together, then um, we can do it. Right. And while it's cool and it might be good and it might give you good feelings, um, it's it it's not necessarily like how things are done. Think about. Think of, I mean, my first instinct was like go to go to the Lord, you know, like how did how did Jesus teach guys to to spread the faith? You know, it wasn't, hey, you guys are all going to band together and you're all going to, you know, fend off those dudes that worked for like maybe a day in Pentecost. But by the time St. Paul's writing letters, he's got dudes leaving him left and right, you know, and it's so yeah. it's, it's just a it's just a reality that like that's that's not how ideas spread you know that's not how leadership happens is not by like there's no you can't like outsource or group source leadership it has to come from one person or two people so i think this this modern sort of everybody can be a leader is just crap because you can't have all leaders because then you have no followers and so you result in this super hackneyed like you're all doing it together that's what real leadership is is because you took charge and you took charge and you took charge and also at the end you took charge over there it's like no Either one person takes charge or they don't. So, I don't know. I'm like, <laughs> who, who leads the leaders? And I do, I do think there, I do think there's like an element of leadership that's like encouraging leadership amongst. You know, yeah. it's it's like everyone's a leader. Uh, th- that's a lot of a lot of the books that I read were like everybody's a leader. But here's the thing: it kind of seems like they're trying to just expand the market of the book. Yeah. Yeah. So because <laughs> yeah. so, it's like because I, I I was like I was like. As I was reading these books, I was like, "Well, if if this book has sold so many copies, hmm. then how then come, how come we don't have more leaders? How come we don't have more leaders? Hmm. And if we don't have more leaders, that must mean that the book that book needs more needs more. And and if like, if I mean, it could just be that people aren't implementing the practices in the book. But you would think that at least like maybe ten percent of people who read it. Maybe I just don't yeah. know that those that ten percent anyway." Uh, but, uh, but there's this there's this movement there's this mm-hmm. movement that hap- that started happening in in the in the 20th century called secular humanism. Are you familiar with secular humanism? I am. Cool. So secular humanism for our listeners at home is basically this idea that like we can find perfect moral contentment just by being good people. And you hear this a lot from like atheists on the internet that talk about. I was just watching a YouTube video today where this one atheist guy was like. You don't need God to tell you to not steal. You just got to say, don't, because the, the parent was like, it's a cartoon, and the parent was like, think about what God would think. He's like, don't say that. Just say, think about what the person who owns that candy would think. And I'm like, yes, okay, cool. That's true. But, I mean, in, in all honesty, it's like the person owning that candy might think, I have a bunch, so you can steal it. But does that make stealing okay? Anyway, no. this is why secular humanism doesn't work, because yeah. it, it's not it's not full. Right, and so the, the leadership in the secular context kind of stems from secular humanism. Is if we use natural reason, we will be able to thrive. We don't even need God because we'll thrive. Um, and uh, and secular humanism comes in. It, it, I think the I think the hula hoop analogy is perfect. It's like yes, if you all band together and work really hard you can accomplish a goal, but that goal has about as much eternal significance as passing a freaking hula hoop around a circle. Yeah. It really doesn't mean much. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, I used to have to do stuff like that all the time. I think some of them are, I, obviously I think that 
uh, these exercises when it comes to team building are funny because you get to see people's personalities. Mm-hmm. Because like if if someone gets if someone gets overly frustrated and angry about passing a hoop around a circle, you can kind of tell they're not going to do so well when it's crunch time. Lol. Um, yeah. If they're freaking out over something as small as a silly little game, but also if I if I were your dad, I'd be like, I have work to do. Why am I here? Why am I at this? <laughs> yeah. They were fun when I was in high school. Right. I mean, I don't think my dad like hated it, but yeah, I don't know. He was just telling me about it, and I was like, that's really funny that you had to do that. Um, but I've had to sit through some pretty boring leadership seminars. Most of them were awesome. Some of them were pretty bad. Hmm. But hey, you can't. You win some, you lose some. The only exercises that are worth anything, do you know what they are, Patrick? Push-ups. Nope. What? The exercise of going to patreon.com slash the crunch <laughs> and clicking donate now to get us to $600 a month so that we apparently start a YouTube channel. Did you? Oh, update? gosh. I keep I keep seeing that. You, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to do that. Did you update that? Can we make it something better? <laughs> yeah. So I, I've been thinking about this. It's like I just want to do what I can do already instead of trying to expand my skill set because like it, it's one of those things where it's like, well, this is what you do next, right? You just start a YouTube channel. No. Hey, we don't actually have to do that. We can just be really good at podcasting. Although I see a bunch of YouTubers hopping on the podcast game, and I'm like, hey, guys, back off. This is our low barrier entry. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't I mean, if it was if it was that low barrier entry, then more people would have done it as sooner. I think we also have a lot of natural skill and just conversation and talking that maybe YouTubers yeah. don't have because they can edit a lot more. I mean, we could edit more on the podcast, but we, I mean, we it's could, part yeah. of our charm that we're rough and uncut. I do have a I do have a really nice uh, desk now with an awesome backdrop, and so I, I kind of set it up so that it could be a cool little like talking head YouTube backdrop because those are easier to edit and they're more fun to produce because it's basically just a podcast where you look at me talk, right? Which is kind of s- s- silly, but anyway. Um, um, if you well, here's the here's the rub. If you are on Patreon um, and you're in our Patreon group, then you will have access to. Next week, we're doing a secret unlisted um, live Google Hangout where me and Patrick are just going to be talking to each other, talking about some things, and you, the audience, can hop in, ask us questions, interact with us, we'll interact with you. Um, and it's going to be really good, really fun. We're not sure on the time yet, but if you are on Patreon, then you will know when it is happening. So, yeah, if we do it, if we do it during the day, Eastern Standard Time, Father Anthony Sharapa might Ooh, pop in. That could be fun. Little guest, little guest spot. We should uh, we should schedule that up. We should do it. There's a there's a random office. Uh, there, so th- there's a bunch of bedrooms that are being turned into offices in the rectory, the old rectory that we all work in. And there's one right next door to me. And Father Anthony and I like put our podcasting stuff in there. And we're like, let's just set it all up here. Like we, we no, we we didn't put stuff there, but we we're saying let's put all our stuff there because he he's buying a bunch of stuff. And he's like, let's put it there. Um, and I was like, what if we just set up? A podcasting studio in the office without telling anybody, and then someone walks in, is like, "Did you guys set up a podcast?" Yes, we did. It's our it's our studio now. No one can work there. It's ours. I think that's a great idea. I'll be in my basement. You'll be in your basement. So yeah. Um, other things. Keep your eyes up for the rebrand. Check out the meme that I posted about Patrick's blog. It made him laugh so hard that he cried. I did, and then I peed um, my pants all over the floor. Big, it's all there. Big puddle guy. Big uh, puddle boy. Um, but yeah, speaking of the blog, I start. So <laughs> I, I I'd like to talk about it. So I started this blog because I, as I said a couple weeks ago or last week, 
I write three pages a morning. It's just like stream of consciousness. And I was like, hey, I kind of want to get better at writing. Um, I don't I don't write essays anymore uh, for school. So my, my writing chops need to stay sharp because I want to write a book soon. And so this is a good way for me to do that. And so I started a blog. You can get to it from my website, patnevy.com, or you can just go to um, Andrew Jordan. Shout out Andrew Jordan. Set up the best URL, um, secretpatthoughts.pizza, and it'll take you to a a secret welcome page that you can only get to through that URL. And, uh, yeah, then you can read my thoughts on things. It's great. We're all very excited. We're all very proud that you started a blog in 2019. Yeah, uh, it's retro now. It's, it's cool. It's, so um, <laughs> it has never been, and it will never be. It it is, and it, it I said so. Okay, I don't have a blog, but you can follow me on Twitter at Catholic Pat. <laughs> that's, that's that's me. That's oh. Anyway, um, I think that's all the business, all the business we got going on. We need to record a bunch of episodes in between now and when I fly to Florida. Yeah, so, we need to do so many episodes. We're doing two a days. Like, one in the morning, one at night. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm going to have a bunch of more free time now that I'm not driving two hours a day to work. I'm, I'm moving oh. up to Newcastle. Oh, you're finally moving? Summer. Okay, good. Yeah, so I'm going to have a permanent I'm going to have a permanent podcast set up at my desk. It's going to be great. I'm so Yay. excited. Cool. Well, you and I can figure that out. The people don't really need to know our. No, the people need to know everything that happens in our lives, especially now that we're recording two episodes in a day. They're gonna, they're gonna learn, they're gonna learn some stuff. Bang bang! What we could do is we could record a live episode and like have it be live for the patrons, but just put it up as an episode. (gasps) Oh, that'd be so fun! Yeah, just that'd be so fun. Just a thought for the future. Cool. And uh, finally, I'm like I have a final thing. It's kind of fun. I'm flying to. Florida tomorrow at real early in the morning so that I can see two of my good friends, Katie and Eric, get married. Oh, Congratulations, shoot. Katie, Eric. I'm supposed to shout what? out a bunch of people from Alabama. I forgot all of their names, but I think Jenny was one of them. Shout out, Jenny. Uh, Tracy called me, and she's like, everybody at Alabama loves your podcast. They want a shout out. So here's a shout out to all of you at Alabama who listen to Jenny, the podcast. Jenny, I have your number. I want to make you my ad. If her name's not Jenny, then that's... Jenny, don't change your number. We can't say it on the podcast. I don't know the, I don't know that song. You don't know that song? No. Anyway, so by the time this podcast is released, Katie and Eric will be one flesh. Uno flesh. Gross. <laughs> um, Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? Remember, folks, don't let your kids watch YouTube. For the love of God, don't let your kids watch YouTube. PewDiePie is raising my son. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you, and we will see you all next week. <laughs>